Welcome to The Dog Guru. I'm your host, Victoria. I've been fielding questions all week, and I'm pretty sure that I've got enough rounded up to start answering, and I've picked my first topic. Uh, But before I hop into that, I want to tell you a little bit of why you're listening to me in the first place. I, like you, I'm a dog lover. Um, I've been a trainer for more than half my life, and I've specialized in behavior modification for the greater part of that. I've worked with everybody from rescue organizations to clients to uh, even with other trainers, actually, to give them a little feedback, guidance, how to grow their businesses and things of that nature, not to mention consulting on behavior problems. But then my life changed. I had my first child, and as anybody with children will tell you, your life completely goes upside down and you try and find your grounding. In the midst of all of this, though, I was still getting calls from clients, former and potential, and I was finding that I kept sending them elsewhere, sending them away. That's all changing now. Now I'll be taking your questions, giving you advice, feedback, what to do, what to avoid, things like that. And I'm starting today with a topic that I feel like everybody can relate to, whether you have a puppy or a rescue, and that's potty training. To start off, I'm going to tell you right away, potty training is a process, and for you to really be successful in it, you need to treat it like a process. It's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take a lot of reinforcement, some patience, uh, regardless of where your dog is starting. When you start with a puppy, you have a a clean slate. You're working with something that doesn't know anything any differently. When you're working with a rescue, you're working with old information that's in there before you ever get them. And the reason that that's relevant is sometimes they've learned that every time they had an accident, a rolled up newspaper is coming their way. So you're dealing with elements of fear. Or maybe the dog just hasn't ever been in a house before. Maybe it was a yard dog. Maybe it was on a farm. Regardless of where you're starting from, you need to treat it the same way. I told all my clients throughout the years, um, rescues, puppies, adult dogs that just never got the hang of it. There's one key element and that's starting a crate training process. Now, I know a lot of people are against crating because they think it's a giant cage or a doggy prison, but it's really in how you present it that matters. There are people that I've advised against crate training because their dog has significant anxiety or it became really dangerous for them to continue crating their dog. But as a standard, I always recommend crate training. The reason for that is you need to connect with their denning instinct. To do that, you need to start feeding them in the crate. You need to make sure that size-wise the crate is a little bit bigger than the dog, especially if it's a puppy, so that they have enough room to turn around and sleep. But if they were to eliminate, they're not going to be able to hide away from it. They can't go to the bathroom on one side of the crate and then camp out at the other side and just relax. We want them to start understanding the feeling of holding it, and this applies to any age range. The next thing you want to do is make sure that you're feeding them every single meal in the crate with the crate door closed. This helps them connect to their denning instinct, which is a crucial part of this process. Without connecting to their denning instinct and keeping their own space clean the way their mom keeps their space clean when they're puppies, you're never going to get to the point where they'll want to keep your space clean but also to install a sense of consistency. Dogs do not respond to, well, we're going to do this sometimes, and then other times we're not going to do it. And if the dog starts crying, okay, well, we're going to open the door and he can sleep with us just tonight. Well, you're breaking down your process before you've even gotten to your goals. So 
back up a few stages. Your dog doesn't know this process well enough. The other things that I've seen over the years that can really contribute to breaking down this process, aside from lack of consistency, is when clients don't crate their dog random times throughout the day, just because with something nice, like a bone, um, which is dog safe, or, you know, a favorite toy, something they can't destroy in your absence, like a Kong toy, and really making it a place where they can unwind, just like a child going to their bedroom and playing with toys in their own room. You really want them to understand that this isn't just where you go to be away from the family. This is just where you go to relax. And that starts heading off a lot of anxiety-based behaviors like chewing, trying to get out of the crate, um, obsessive whining, things like that. And on the whining topic specifically, if your dog is scratching or whining at the crate, especially when you first start doing this, that's normal. It's to be expected. But don't go in there and go shh or knock it off or address it at all. That's a huge, huge problem because dogs don't care. It doesn't matter the age range. Dogs don't care if you are coming in to tell them what a good job they're doing or you're coming in to tell them to shut up. And the reason for that is to them, any attention, negative or positive, is better than no attention. Taking a page out of a mother dog's book, when they start doing something unsavory to mom, she sits up, she cl- she turns her head away, and she acts like they aren't there. And then when they stop the behavior she doesn't want, she then re-engages with them. So my advice if your dog is scratching, pawing, whining, shifting, wait until you hear about five seconds of quiet, and then... L- Go uh, into the room if you're not already in it and reward them, tell them what a good job, and then open the crate and let them out. Never let them out of the crate when they're fussing. The next thing to take into account is setting up a schedule, something your dog can depend on and you can stick to. Doesn't mean you have to have an exact hour to let them out, but a general idea of morning, noon, evening, you know, with your schedule worked into it is really important. If you don't know when you're taking your dog out, they're not going to know that they have to hold it because they don't know when to expect to be let out. So you need to build a pattern, the same type of pattern you're expecting from your dog at first you need to create. Once you have your pattern down and the dog is starting to successfully eliminate outside, that's when you can start expanding the crate. And the way that process basically works is you give them a limited access area where you're asking them and hoping that they're going to hold it. Um, It's always great if you can monitor this in your home to do it because if they start, you know, sniffing in a circle or acting like they're about to go to the bathroom, then you can go, "Uh uh-uh, take them straight outside, let them finish up outside. And now they're really starting to understand, okay, so it's not just in my crate that I'm holding it, it's everywhere. And I always tell clients to do this in stages. You don't want to rush it. You don't want to expand the crate from, you know, the size of his crate to now you've got three rooms for him to work with. Start in a smaller space. You can even get like a doggy pen depending on the size of your dog. And then when you're having success with him consistently relieving himself outside, then you can add another room. Uh, This doesn't mean that you restrict your dog to its crate 24-7. I don't ever recommend that. It's not good for them socially. It's not good for them emotionally. They they need to be with their people or their dog mates. But what you do want to do is anytime the dog is going to have access to any other part of the house, make sure you can keep your eyes on them. If you have to take a phone call, we're all human, you can do that. But make sure you put the dog back in the crate because if you miss the opportunity 
to redirect a behavior, meaning by interrupting it and then taking them outside, then you've just lost an opportunity for training that your dog desperately needed. They need that feedback. And until they're consistently going outside, you need to interrupt those moments. That's the only way you're really going to send home, okay, it doesn't belong in here, it belongs out there. So how often should you expand the crate? I say every 30 days. If you have 30 days of consistency on a specific space, then it's probably safe to go expand to another room, a larger space, what have you. But don't get rid of the crate. You need that consistency. That's his safe space. That's his place to remind himself, okay, it doesn't go here, but I can go relax if he's overwhelmed. Um, And always having that go-to will make your message that much more powerful. The other thing I like about the crate is it heads off destructive behaviors that drive people nuts and often lead to the dog getting rehomed. Oh, he destroyed my sofa. Well, he had too much freedom in your absence. So until you can start trusting your dog, don't give them that freedom because they're going to use it. And nine times out of 10, they're going to become destructive because they're bored. A way to head this off though, is start creating things for them to do in their crate when you're not monitoring them. And then using those same techniques outside of the crate in safe spaces. But you don't want your dog having access to things like wires, uh, plastic, the leather couch. So start building on the crate and building your consistency there first. And then you can worry about freedom in your absence which some dogs really love their crate. You might find that your dog is just one of those that prefers to go rest in their crate when you're gone. But there are others, like now my dogs are at an age where I know that they can be trusted. We've built our consistency. I don't have to worry about coming home to things destroyed. So they get full run of the place. The last thing I want to leave you with, and and this doesn't clear up every single question you're going to have about potty training, so if you have specific questions, please let me know. I'd like to answer those. But the other thing I want to say is do not rush this process. I said that earlier, but I'm reiterating for a reason. If you push a dog too far, too fast, or expect too much too quickly, they're probably going to fail you. Not because they want to, but because they don't really understand what you're asking. And if you ask it too quickly and you don't give them time to adjust mentally, you're just going to blow the process. So give yourself a pat on the back for starting over, restructuring, and then give them the praise that they deserve when they're doing what you want. Thanks for giving me a listen. Uh, Please comment below. Let me know what you liked about the show, what things that I need to change to keep it more interesting for you, and any questions that you have, dog-related, potty training-related, anything like that, send them my way, and they might be the next topic of our show.